Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the great voices from the 1980s is joining the blend today. You know the top single from Modern English. Let's welcome frontman Robbie Gray to the show. Robbie, welcome. Thanks very much. Nice to be here. It's great to be in, let's say, hot, hot America right now. How's the weather where you are? We're in Atlanta, Georgia. We arrived by plane yesterday, and it's about... 38 degrees outside. It's very, very hot. Oh, my God. When you take the stage, you're out on the Retro Futura Tour. Let's let's tell everybody who's on this lineup. We've got Annabella from Ba Wow Wow, Lamal from Kaja Gugu, Tony Lewis from The, outfield, from the outfield, Martin Fry from ABC and Belinda Carlisle. How do you possibly take the stage with that type of lineup? Well, that's a good one, isn't it? I mean, yeah. apart from Belinda, everyone's a, a Brit as well, so that's always good fun to be around the uh, a load of fellow countrymen, and we did the Retro Futura tour last mm-hmm. year with Howard Jones and um, English Beat, and that was a big success. So mm-hmm. we're looking forward to this one. Looking forward to working with Belinda, and um, there's lots of outdoor shows, so that should be quite good fun. I, I believe we're playing a nice old theatre in St Charles up your neck yes. of the woods. Yep, it's one of the old theatres. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be backstage as well. So that's going to be next week. I can't wait for that show. Yeah, it's a late booking, that one, but, you know, as soon as we heard the, the how do you say it, Arcada or Arcada? Uh, either way, Ar- usually Arcada. When we heard, you know, we were playing there, I straight away I Googled it. It looks beautiful. It is one of the old buildings in St. Charles here in the western suburbs of Chicago. It's in the heart of suburbia. There's a river right there. It is a beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah, we're really looking forward to that one. Hopefully, it'll be a little cooler than it is today. Yeah, it's very warm everywhere. But <laughs> to be fair, we just left England, and there wasn't rain and there wasn't cloud. It was beautiful sunshine there as well. So it's good. It's all good. So how has been the reception now that you've gone back on tour after several years? Yeah, it's been really interesting for us because um, we found recently that our very early material, mm-hmm. which is even before I Melt With You and After The Snow, the first album, Mesh and Lace, has become some sort of a, you know, a groundbreaking album in the sort of post-punk world. So we're getting a lot of interest from really young kids with our very early sort of more noisy left-field material. And last year or the year before 2016, we decided to record a new album, mm-hmm. which we did. It's called Take Me to the Trees. So we'll be playing some tracks from that live at St. Charles as well. So we've got a mixture of the old, you know, I Melt With You, Hands Across the Sea, Ink and Paper, mixed in with some new stuff from our new album, which is, you know, Moonbeam, and the title tech track Tree. So it's nice for us to be able to mix up a bit of old and a bit of new. But it's really been amazing to come back. We've been all over the world. We've played on ships. Oh, God, you name it, we've done it. So it's been an amazing experience coming back together again. 
Now, my favorite song on the new album that was just released last year was Trees. Now, I think it sounds like old modern English to me. Yeah, we tried to, what we tried to do with the Trees album, or Take Me to the Trees album, was mix sort of songwriting elements of After the Snow, which is, you know, Mm -hmm. Someone's Calling, Melt With You, and all those songs, with the very early stuff, which was the more edgy stuff. We tried to we tried to mix and marry those two albums together. First album was Mesh and Lace, second album was After the Snow. Fast forward all these years to take me to the trees. We tried to sort of blend those two together, and I think we've we've done a good job on it. When you decided to record a new album, walk me through that process. Is it the original band that sat together, or did you sit down and start writing music and then called your mates? No, actually, it was Mick Conroy, the bass player. Okay. I've got a house in in Thailand, and I got this email from you know from a long way off, from a long time ago, and it was it was the bass player Mick Conroy, and he happened he just by chance had bought a, bought a little boat, and he'd moved about half an hour from where I live in England, and he was just telling me what he was doing, and I just said to him, "Wow, that's amazing! You know, you live literally just down the road from me." So he said, oh, let's get together then. So when I got back to England in the spring from my house in Thailand, we met up, and he said, you know, how do you feel about getting the band back together? So after I picked myself up off the floor, <laughs> I sort of said, why not? You mean the whole original band? And he said, yeah, why not? So we got we got in contact with everybody. There, Everyone was all over the place. And the only person who couldn't really do it was the original drummer, Richard Brown, which was a real shame because we wanted to have the whole original band. So we have a drummer called Roy Martin, who's from Liverpool, home of the Beatles. Mm. He's uh, on tour with us and he records with us and he's uh, been with us for a long time. Uh, he, he's our drummer on this tour also. So we got most of the old band back together, but not everybody. Did it bring back great memories? Yeah, well, once we went, you know, went straight to the rehearsal room and started you know, jamming on our instruments and trying new songwriting and stuff, and playing some of the old songs, it just it just felt natural. What's the process for writing music, or what was the process from the beginning? Was the four of you just sat in a room, or how did that work? I think it's I, I think it's different for every band, really. I think you know you get your classic singer songwriters. I think like Ed Sheeran or someone like that. They'll sit around with an acoustic guitar and write a song off of that. But we don't really do that too much. Um, with Trees, Mick Conroy, uh, the bass player, wrote that, really. He he put the the kind of chord structure together. And then we had a young guy called Alex Cook, who's an orchestrator. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. started using him on a few tracks, which we'll be doing again in the future. Mm-hmm. And that was really exciting, because we'd never done that before. Um, so it depends, but generally with modern English, we tend to go into a rehearsal room, jam out bits of music, find the bits that we like, I'll take those bits away and, and you know, work on them vocally and lyrically and then bring them back to the band and we'll, and we'll expand on them from there. That's generally the way it's done. Now, if I remember correctly, uh, the band was put together 78, 79, somewhere in there. The historians, if you think back, wow, that was economically for America, Europe, UK, that was not a great time for music. No, it, it was not even just for music. I mean, it was a poor time in mm. England. I mean... England was black and white at that period. You know, there was no color in the in the country then, okay. not like now. I mean, it was very difficult for everyone, and I think that's why a lot of bands came out of that period from from England, um, because everybody just started making music because 
everything was so grim at home, you know, mm-hmm. there wasn't much employment. And, and I think that's where you get the whole wave of music that came over, you know, with the MTV generation and all that kind of thing. Right. And it's, it's a lot different now, though. <laughs> much different. I would think so. Now, if I remember correctly, you started out as a punk band? Yeah. So how did you go from or punk in- to pop? Or was it just like pop punk or punk pop? No, well, I mean, we, you know, we'd been, we would never have been musicians before punk rock. Let's put it that way. We would have listened to, to music like David Bowie, Roxy Music, Iggy Pop, things like this, things Lou Reed, but we would never have, you know, picked up instruments and started making music. But when the Clash and the Sex Pistols mm. and all, all that explosion happened in England, you know, that we wanted to be part of that because we felt that was something to do with us. Do you know what I mean? Sure. So that's why we sure. started making music, and we just sort of grew from there. Um, you know, you can hear on our first album, Mesh and Lace, the influences of, they call it post-punk now, you know, bands yes. like Joy Division, The Cure, and all yeah. that. Yeah. There, there's elements of that on our first album, but then as we sort of progressed, we learned our instruments more, and you get the more kind of uh, song crafts of After the Snow. Now, the Americans, we called it New Wave. Was that appropriate? Well, New Wave was more Flock of Seagulls, Duran mm. uh, Duran, you know, more kind of makeup and keyboards, whereas a lot of the post-punk stuff was more just about the, the music, which would be in bands like Echo and the Bunnymen, yeah. Joy yep. Division and The Cure. It was yep. more guitar-based, actually, whereas a lot of the New Wave stuff, I think you called it in America, seemed to be more keyboard-based. Yes. Yep, I'd agree. I'd absolutely agree with that. Now, was the goal for the band to write hits or just to play well we never really knew how to write hits we weren't good enough musician wise we didn't you know we can't read music or anything like that <clears throat> it's all done just by gut feeling really and and we used to call them pieces of music because mm. we didn't know anything about verses and choruses and middle eights and things like that not until the after the snow album before that we didn't we didn't know that we used to call them pieces let's let's try piece one with piece three and things like that so you get an element of, um, you know, disjointed songs, which is kind of what, what we like. We like things not to be too straightforward. With the new album, was it more you sat down with music uh, in front of you, a sheet of music, so you knew what to follow versus when you first started? No, no, it was just exactly the same ah. as when we first started, ah. really, except that now that, you know, before we just used to jam in rehearsal rooms, now you can use mu- music programs, you know, like Logic... Right. So, you know, we could put things together and take them home and listen to them on Logic and work on them at home a little bit, then go back into the rehearsal rooms. But no, there was no reading of music, really. Just um, We used Logic in the music programs a bit like you would have used tape recorders in the old days, just to listen to what you'd done. Some of the younger people are going, what are tape recorders? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah, but... There's a massive resurgence in vinyl and in tape. I mean, the new the new kind of cutting-edge bands these days are all bringing out at least a few hundred cassettes to sell. And, and vinyl, you know, albums, are, I mean, you know, it, it's nice to see the artwork again, isn't it, on, on, it on is. vinyl? It is, and it has a much warmer feel than the CDs. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of vinyl. I'm, you know... I'm not someone who listens to music a great deal anymore, but I know when we did our album, the artwork was a big part of it because when we were just starting music, people used to look at the artwork on, mm-hmm. on records to 
to enjoy it for a visual experience as well as an audio one. Do you know what I mean? Yes, so absolutely. That's a big part of our culture and our background. So we were really excited to use the same artist who'd worked on all our records back in the 80s again for this album. Right, and then you could have vinyls drop. You know, you get your your 18 minutes and then the next one would drop, you know, in case you're you're in a moment, shall I call it. Yeah, you know, it's just it's just more... You know, it's more tactile, it's more hands-on. I mean, kids today seem to listen to something, they don't even know what it is. Don't They don't really care what it is half the time. Are you surprised that the uh, younger generation, and I'll include my kids in there, they think you're a new band? Well, good. How long may that rain? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll drop music on my shows, and my kids will say, hey, that's really good. Uh, I think I heard that... On a, you know, on a new TV series of some sort. Who is this modern English group? And of course, I. Pull well, that's the uh, Stranger Things, isn't it? We we had um, they used I Melt with You in Stranger Things. Uh, well, it's been used in so much stuff recently, um, which which is great for us. It pays the bills, right? Which means we can make the music we like. We don't have to sort of pander to a record company who mm. want to hear maybe another I Melt with You. Um, that's why the Take Me to the Trees album's quite independent and sounds that way. Yeah, and now you don't have to put out albums. You could just put out singles, which you could not do back then. No, in fact, the next thing we're probably going to do is an EP. We'll probably mm. put out four tracks and just put them out one track at a time, you know, one each month or something like that. It's funny how that it kind of recycles itself. I remember EPs back in the late 80s, and that was a big thing, just to put out two songs. Yeah, and while we're on this tour, we're, we're going to go into a studio in California for two days to record some stuff. So, you know, we are really interested in the future as well as uh -huh. the past. So, you know, I suppose the name of the tour is quite good for us, Retro yeah. Future. <laughs> it is. Are you still proud of the music that you produced? Like, I Melt With You. I would think, you know, that is that was a massive hit. Not initially. I think that was in the top uh, 75, top 100. But when you think of 80s music, that comes right to mind. Does that bother you at all? Or does that make you just make you go out every night and sing? Oh, I'm very proud of it. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not never going to say that that bothers me. It doesn't bother yeah. me at all. I'm really happy about that. I mean, if you go onto YouTube, you can hear a thousand different versions of, mm. of I Melt With You from choirs to people playing the harp, you know, to country and western bands. You know, everybody likes that song who's a musician and, and they want to play it. So that, that's a really nice feeling for, for us. Country and music. I had I had not thought of a country version of that song, but that would make sense. Oh yeah, if you go onto you know YouTube, you'll see versions of every sort. So it's interesting. If you go back to your teenage years before you start the band, who influenced you, or who were you trying to be when you first started out? We weren't. Well, we did. You know, we were trying to be the Sex Pistols and the Clash, I'd imagine, <laughs> but not really because. Even by the time we started, it was bands like Joy Division, Wire, The Cure. You know, these were kind of left-field, noisy, but interesting bands mm -hmm. that were all coming out at the same time. This is this post-punk sound I'm talking about, which is really massive amongst mm -hmm. the kids today, mm -hmm. uh, which is really another boost for us. Um, but we weren't, I mean, we used to listen to Bowie, you know, and things like that, but we never thought we could be like Bowie mm -hmm. we just used to love him you know enjoyed listening to his music a uh, really sad loss when he died kind of thing but yeah. we you know we didn't really have any heroes to follow musically we just were part of a movement that was happening at the time and there was uh, hundreds of bands involved in it 
With the explosion of MTV at that time, how did that uh, did that influence you at all, or did it kind of change the dynamic of what music was back then? Because certainly it was all visual now. Now it didn't matter what the song was. How did you look on video? Yeah, with our first video, which was Melt With You, we did it for uh, $1,000. Wow. And we recorded it in this little room, and you know we, we brought all the, the props in ourselves, and then it was all done on a really small budget. And then a year later, it was one of the most played videos ever on MTV. You know, it was crazy. So for us, that MTV was a real, an amazing vehicle for us, really. I mean, at that time, it was a very exciting time to be around in America, I think, if you were young back then. You know, 81, 82, 83, they were very exciting times to be around. After the explosion of all of that, you're recognized, you've got videos, and then you take a break. Was that a needed break, or was that something that all of you kind of mutually agreed to? We were burnt out, really. I mean, we did... 80 concerts in 100 days in one, oh. you know, in one tour. Oh. Um, we, were, we were getting so popular that we'd finish a tour and then it's just start again, you know. They'd book us more concerts because obviously management want you to work while, you, you know, while you're popular and while the money's right. there for them. Right. So we got worked into the ground, really, and, um, yeah, we needed to stop, I think, more than anything. Mm. And then, of course, life takes over. You sit back, and then you come back a couple of times. Was it hard to come back? Uh, let's see. You came back in the mid-'90s? It must have been the mid-'90s, and then 10 years later after, or 20 years after that. That must have been, was it difficult to come back, or was it something that was just natural? It's essentially a time to just come back. It's a great timing for it. Well, the, the, the 90s modern English was just me. There wasn't any other original members. That was a different thing completely, but... Okay. When this this version of Bonding started, which I believe is about ten years ago now, mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure. We were talking about this last night, actually. Okay. I'm not not exactly sure how long we because it took a year just to get it all going again, really. Um, but this was more. I had to think about it because I knew it was the original band. The original mm-hmm. band was very special, you know, between us. So I, I had to think about it because it got a life together by then. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm married and all that kind of thing. So. But, you know, I just wanted to do it because what I enjoy most personally is the creativity side of it, writing the words for the songs. I actually write like writing the new music a lot more than I do uh, playing the old music, but oh, that's just right. a personal thing. Right. I, don't, I enjoy going out on stage and playing those songs as well, but for me it's the new music that's the most inspirational. So are you a lyricist first? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, I wouldn't call myself a singer. I'm a front man. Mm who can shout very well, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd say a lyricist would be what I mainly am in the band. That and sort of um, guiding the band slightly in the right directions. Uh, of the personalities, are you the driving force of the band, or is it you and someone else? Oh, no, no, every, everyone's involved in it. But Mick Conroy, the bass player, is a yep. big driving force. But, you know, he's He's got a good straight head on him, and right. he organizes quite a lot of things. He's much more tuned into the music business side of yep. things which you know i'm not really you know to me that's shark infested waters so i tend to keep more on the creative side mick writes a lot of songs um some are good for modern english some aren't mm. but um gary mcdowell you know if, if gary mcdowell wasn't around the guitarist there wouldn't be a modern english really mm. he's such a massive sound part of it so everyone's got their role to play steve walker the keyboard player he brings a lot of the uh, 
texture to the music, which um, is really important to us. So everyone's got important roles. Now, with all of the 80s music that's out there and 90s music, and even who's on you're on tour with, where do you sit in terms of history or rock and roll hall of fame? Where do you sit within that group? Well, you'd have to ask somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, is this, I don't really know the answer to that. I mean, I think when we came out, we came out with bands like U2, um, The Cure, mm-hmm. Joy Division. These were all bands just, just making music because they wanted to, not, not for any other reason, not to be famous, not to be millionaires. I mean, some have gone on to be millionaires, some haven't, you know. I'd like to think that we've got sort of integrity more than anything else. And that, you know, I Melt With You is a song that millions of people across the world really like. And, you know, and I'm really, really pleased with that. But also think people should listen to the the other side of modern English as well, Mm -hmm. the kind of more angular side, the the more um, creative sort of side of it, which is equally as important. Absolutely agree with you. The early stuff and this new stuff, it sounds like you never left at all you didn't take a break at all that's how good the new music is compared to the old music so bravo to you and your bandmates thank you very much he is on the retro future tour you can just go to their website uh their twitter they are freaking everywhere robbie i will see you next week when you guys stop in st charles here in chicago okay if you could just uh, just ask everybody who listens to you to go onto the Modern English Facebook page and give it a like, please. I'm trying to get over 55,000 likes in the next week. Thank you so much for joining us, Robbie. All right, cheers. From Modern English, that is Robbie Gray. As he asks, go on Facebook, follow the band right there. Also follow the band on Twitter. They are so close to 55,000 followers on Facebook. They're on tour. They're on the retro Futura Tour, so check them out too. Here is some brand new music. I should say this was just recently released. It is called Trees. You are listening to The Blend. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.